You're listening to What's New with Wired. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Wednesday, December 29th. Today we're talking about how the pandemic has made people more science literate. Before we get into today's top story, remember to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, face recognition is being banned, but it's still everywhere. And on Wired Science, researchers are studying how and why rhythm evolved in lemurs, which could help unravel the mysteries of human musicality. Listen to these stories and more at Wired.com slash podcasts. For three generations, Betsy Sneller's family has sipped something they call cold drink. It's a sweet mix of leftover liquids, stuff like orange juice and the remnants from cans of fruit, a concept devised by Sneller's grandmother during the Great Depression. All the little dregs get mixed together and it tastes like a fruity concoction, Sneller says. Cold drink is an idea and a name born from crisis. Sneller is now a sociolinguist at Michigan State University who studies how language changes in real time. For nearly two years, Sneller has analyzed weekly audio diaries from Michiganders to understand how the pandemic has influenced language in people of all ages, a project initially called Michigan COVID Diaries. We find very commonly that people will come up with terms to reflect the social realities that they're living through, they say. New words were coming up almost every week. As COVID-19 sank its spikes into daily life, people added words and phrases to their vocabularies. Flatten the curve. Antibodies. Covidiots. Shared crises like the coronavirus pandemic cause these astronomical leaps in language change, Sneller says. But Sneller has also noticed a more substantive trend emerging. People are internalizing, using, and remembering valuable scientific information. Because the nature of this crisis is so science-oriented, we're seeing that a broad swath of people are becoming a little bit more literate in infectious diseases, they say. All right, all right, but there's an elephant in this room. Misinformation and disinformation are undeniably eroding trust in institutions, including health authorities and news media. Conspiracy theories are shaping public health discourse. 
pushing ineffective and even dangerous treatments and poisoning efforts to implement evidence-based policies like masking and vaccination. It's worrisome, says Kathleen Hall-Jamison, director of the Annenberg Public Policy Center at the University of Pennsylvania. In a pandemic, it doesn't take a high percent of the population holding misbeliefs to have behavioral effects that affect the communities at large. But this does not tell the whole story of science literacy over the past year, she feels. Not only are people increasing their scientific vocabularies, but they are learning important concepts from biology and public health. Students are showing more interest in the roles of scientists and health workers. The messy trial and error of the pandemic is showing non-scientists what the process of science really looks like, and we may all be better off for it. We had an opportunity during the pandemic to increase science knowledge, says Jameson. And in fact, it produced science knowledge. That's good news, not bad. When a health crisis strikes, people tend to get better at learning how to stay healthy. We do perhaps become overall more sophisticated about what's a risk and what to avoid, says Alan Brandt, who teaches the history of medicine and public health at Harvard and has studied the HIV-AIDS epidemic and the tobacco industry's misinformation campaigns about the risks of smoking. Experts like Brandt are interested in how these crises coincide with the rise of scientific approaches to social problems. Scientific literacy, the degree to which communities understand salient concepts in science, plays an essential role in that. Understanding the link between fossil fuels and pollution, or simply knowing how to read a drug label, can improve someone's health. And when people understand the relevant science, they become more likely to support science funding or accept community health measures. Belief shapes action, says Jameson. But science, especially new science, routinely faces pushback. Early in the AIDS epidemic, scientists discovered HIV, the virus that causes the disease. There were people here in the United States all around the world who said, well, I know that they identified this virus and they're saying it causes AIDS, but I don't believe that's true, says Brandt. It's not surprising, he continues. In pandemics, there's always these kinds of debates. But very quickly, people did become convinced. Although it may feel like COVID-19 has plagued us forever, in reality, scientists are only two years into the twin processes of understanding the disease and educating the public about it. Jameson's team at the Annenberg Public Policy Center has conducted surveys on scientific knowledge throughout the pandemic. They have asked participants for their thoughts on the effectiveness of vaccines, masks, and other behaviors. And despite the maelstrom of misbeliefs working against knowledge, Jameson finds that people are in fact learning. In two surveys of about 800 random Americans taken in July and November of 2020, the majority of respondents said they accepted that wearing masks helps prevent the spread of respiratory disease. That number jumped from 79 to 85 percent over the five-month period. In a separate survey from March and April of this year, 75 percent said that getting the COVID-19 vaccine is safer than getting the virus. Most people are getting the answers right, Jameson says. And they didn't have any of those answers before COVID, because these answers are COVID-specific.
Many experts think the pandemic also introduced people to the role of public health workers in society. Not just doctors and nurses, but sanitarians, lab technicians, epidemiologists, and others. Back when I was in graduate school, we had this exercise in a health education class where you had to go around and pick 10 people out of your social network and ask them what public health was, says Cynthia Bauer, an expert in health literacy with the University of Maryland. And the answer always was, people don't know what public health is. And whether we're interested in science or not, we're getting a front seat to the way in which research and development works, says Carrie Funk, Director of Science and Society Research at the Pew Research Center. People seem to be paying attention, and Funk's data reveals that the crash course has been frustrating for many of them. In September, her team published survey results that show mixed reactions to changes in public health guidance on things like masking and travel restrictions. 61% said the frequent changes made sense. 53% said it confused them. And 55% said it made them wonder if public health officials were holding back important information. Respondents could select more than one statement. But Funk's team also wanted to find out something more philosophical, how well people grasp what science is. Back in 2019, 67% of respondents understood that scientific results are supposed to be continually tested and updated over time, that science is iterative. The researchers wondered, would the pandemic change that? This year, 71% of American respondents said they understand science to be iterative, according to Pew's new data. That change seems small, but it's real. Other indicators, such as whether people can identify a hypothesis, have not shown the same progress. That constant flux of science may have caused more people to understand what science really is, a process. Funk's work is ongoing, as are other efforts to track science's role in society. The center is going to keep its eye on how trust in scientists is changing over time, she says. Despite increased partisanship and extremism in the U.S., Funk's preliminary results in a recent survey suggest that trust in scientists has grown. A higher percentage of American adults have a great deal of trust in scientists now than before the pandemic. The boost seems to be primarily driven by Democrats, since the political divide in responses has actually gotten larger. Overall, the American public has increased levels of confidence in scientists to act in the public interest, she says. And Jameson's results suggest the same story. About 77% of Americans surveyed by Annenberg in June were confident that the FDA provides trustworthy information, up from 71% in August 2020. Responses for the CDC remain flat but high at around 76%. Despite the amount of misinformation and deliberate deception, she says, confidence overall in the agencies that communicate health science CDC, FDA, NIH, and Anthony Fauci, has remained surprisingly high. The researchers are not sure how much of this learning will stick. It's just too hard to answer while we're still knee-deep in crisis.
For Sneller, the most consistent lesson to emerge from the Diaries Project is how adaptable young people are. Both in terms of their understanding of the pandemic, their scientific literacy, but also in terms of general resilience, Sneller says of their spirit during difficult times. And in a way, researchers measuring scientific literacy are trying to understand resilience too. The resilience of science against unprecedented threats to health. The resilience of trust in institutions and in each other. The resilience of facts in a crisis. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.